RC. See you out there, boy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. yeah. I gave you fair warning. Beware. Beware. Y'all ready? Smack him in the mouth. Ready. I gave you fair warning. Beware. Beware. Smack him in the mouth. Yeah. Good I gave you fair, fair warning. Beware. Beware. Smack him in the mouth. I don't think they ready, Mike. Flames, I went mic on the mic. Yep. What's up, the brand new one time for one your time, mind? He gave you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Reppin' for the West, see the palms in the logo. Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. You are listening to episode four of the Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. I am Mike, and I am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. That is right. I am your host, Sean Michaels, back at it again with another weekly episode for y'all. It has been an extremely busy week for me. Um, I went out of town for the weekend, a little getaway with with my wife and her family, and I'm about to go on a little getaway tomorrow with my dad and my family, so yeah, it's been a week full of little getaways, and also I started college this week, so I kind of just packed everything into one week. Um, It was so busy, an episode almost didn't happen this week, y'all. I'm really crunching it out to, to make this episode happen. But anyways, I'm still excited for the show, and I'm excited to get the show going, so I'm dedicated to giving you one episode every week, no matter what's going on in my life. I'm going to make it happen. I'm with the old show, Small Man Sports. Every once in a while, we would just miss a week, and I'm not going to let that happen on Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast as long as, as I have control of it. Uh, of course, if, if an emergency happens and I have no control over it, I'll let you guys know, but for the most part, I'm going to put an episode out every week. No matter how busy I am, how late I have to stay up, and how tired I have to be on my getaway. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into the into the show this week. Of course, I have three great topics to cover, as I cover every week. Uh, I'm gonna start off with a heart to heart to you regarding uh, the late great Kobe Bryant and, and wishing him a happy birthday. And we're also gonna talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about specifically my thoughts on what's been going on in the playoffs so far, um, kind of just going series for series and talking about how each series is going. Some of them are over, some of them aren't. You guys are going to hear this on Wednesday. Usually I record on Tuesdays. Today I'm recording on Monday because, like I said, it's a busy week. So there's going to be a few NBA games from my recording to it being released. Just bear with me on that one because I can't really help it. We're going to do a full fantasy breakdown on chris carson and finally we're gonna close the show out with some talk on the whole earl tom situation where the ravens right to cut him where is he gonna end up what team should he uh, end up on where i would like to see him end up all kinds of stuff to do with the awkward earl thomas situation so let's get straight into the show let's bring that sports heat topic one Very rarely does a leader or a celebrity, an athlete, 
any human have an impact like the one Kobe Bryant had on so many millions around the world. Millions looked up to him. Millions were inspired by him. The most amazing part, it wasn't all because of his play on the court like most athletes. Of course, his play was the stuff of legends, all-time greats, as Kobe is. The most amazing part about the life of Kobe Bryant was the life lessons and inspiration he was to everyone who was touched by his message. You don't give up, you don't lose. Even in a loss, you win. Because you learn how to adapt, you learn how to overcome, and in tough times, you don't give up until you have overcame. This message to work yourself to the brink to achieve your goals, to achieve your dreams. Kobe was this message. Kobe embodied this message. He became that message. He became that inspiration for so many people, including myself. Uh, I will never forget the moment that I found out. Uh, one of my best friends on earth called me. And you, you see in Japan where I was stationed overseas, uh, the news broke at around 4.30 a.m. He said, bro, I want you to hear this news from someone that you love and not not on the news right before work. Uh, Kobe died today. I instantly broke down because it rushed to me, man. I never met Kobe in person. Never even really got close to him. But I felt like he was there in that kitchen with me. It reminded me everything I learned and loved about the Mamba. It was so crazy and I felt like everyone he had touched felt the exact same thing I felt in that moment. I will never forget Kobe Bryant or the lessons I personally learned from him. One day I will tell my grandkids the stories about the most ice cold basketball player of all time. I will tell stories about the man who motivated myself and millions of others to be their best 24-7 around the clock. Whether it's at your job, on your off time, in your hobbies, being a parent, being a sibling, being a family member, you can do it. And tell yourself that you will do it. Kobe Bryant was always that guy. Three seconds left on the clock. Ball in his hands. And he hit that shot. And if there's anything that we could learn from the life of Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest humans to ever walk this earth, it is that when you have the ball in your hands with three seconds left on the clock, rise up and hit that shot. Happy birthday, to Kobe Bryant and I hope the best for his family what I'm sure is a very 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 hard day and hopefully they're celebrating and rejoicing in the life of Kobe Bryant on his birthday So the NBA playoffs is underway, and these teams are going at it for the most part. It's been a ton of fun to watch. Did you guys hear that? I just I just want to give an apology real quick. There are birds outside my window, and they are chirping. And I tried scaring them away, but it didn't really work. So if you hear some birds chirping, I apologize. This is my disclaimer. This, this episode's already been a little bit untraditional. It's what I usually put out. 
Here you go. There's birds outside. If you hear them, just try to ignore them. Anyways, the NBA playoffs have been a ton of fun. I'm going to go over each series, kind of just give a review of what's been happening in the series so far. Again, this is being recorded on Monday. Uh, I believe it's August 24th right now. The episode is not going to be released till Wednesday, so there's going to be a couple games played in between, so things may change. You guys can roast me or praise me based off the things that I say about how I feel like each series is going right now. So let's get this thing started. Lakers Trailblazers. The Blazers shot out early, you know, by taking game one and surprising everyone. Everyone started to be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe the Blazers are about to upset the Lakers. They had us all ready for that upset. But now after two big wins, the Lakers have control of the series again. And now the Blazers tonight face going down 3-1 if they lose to the Lakers tonight. The turning point so far has been the Damian Lillard injury to his hand. He's playing through it, but you cannot tell me that it's not affecting this game at all because... It's his hand, and it is basketball, so it definitely has affected his game, and the Lakers have been winning every single game since that happened. Lakers have control of this series, and I think they're going to maintain control of this series. I still got the Lakers winning this in six or seven games. The next series I'm going to talk about is the Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks, and before I get started in this, I have to do this real quick. I just have to do this because you guys know what a big fan I am. Luka! Luka Doncic! Luka is a beast. That's me banging on my desk. Everyone and their mothers all of a sudden is discovering this kid. I'm seeing posts every two seconds of Luka hitting that shot or someone just going on this rant about how great Luka Doncic is. Come on, man. I told you. I've been telling all of you that this man is one of the best basketball players and most talented basketball players that I've ever seen in my life. And now I'm glad everyone's realizing it. I'm really glad that everyone's realizing it because... I'm just so happy that the kid is just, he's hes being a star. He's not choking in the playoffs. This is his first playoff series. And without his second star, Kristaps Porzingis, Luka Doncic dropped 43 points, 17 rebounds, and 13 assists in this game. And then hit the game-winning shot, a deep three, right on the Clippers' head to tie the series at 2-2. He now has played four playoff games two of which are triple doubles, and two of which he scored 40 in. Luka is on his way to being a star in the NBA. And 2K and the NBA are going to have to stop hating on him, stop building Zion, stop building all these other cats, and they're going to be forced to embrace Luka as the new face of the NBA. And it's coming. It's coming very, very soon because I'm tired of this. Zion is the face of the youth of the NBA. I'm tired of all of that. Finally, give Luca the respect he deserves. Finally, everyone's all on Luca's side. It's so beautiful to see. He is 21 years young and is absolutely sensational. Absolutely phenomenal. This guy is amazing. And he is 21. Think about how young he is. He is 21. So that means he's going to get better. This guy is going to get better than what he is right now. What? It gets better than this? Jesus, golly. What a game. What a player Luka Doncic is turning out to be, man. Jeez. Anyways, I told you. I knew the Mavericks would give the Clippers some fits in this series. um, And Luka Magic is definitely pulling it off. At the time this recording, the series is tied 2-2. I think there's going to be one more game played from now until when it's released. So we'll see what happens in that game. But I'm going to say that I think this this series is going to go 7. I still got the Clippers pulling it out in game 7. But can can the Mavericks beat them in Game 7? Can Luka hit another game-winning shot in Game 7? Yes, it is definitely possible. So this is a fun series to watch. This might be one of the best series in the playoffs this year to watch and enjoy watching. All right, on to the next series, the Jazz 
versus the Nuggets. Wow, I'm actually very surprised by the Jazz because I initially predicted they were going to have some locker room turmoil with the whole Rudy Gobert situation and that they were going to struggle basically to, to click again if Donovan Mitchell or any of the players in the locker room had any hard feelings towards Rudy Gobert. But no issues as they are dominating the Nuggets. They're up 3-1 in this series and they're on their way to quietly upsetting the Nuggets and sending the number three seed home early in round one. So three to one series lead for the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to win this series. Uh, it's very hard to come down from 3-1. We'll see what the Jazz can do going forward in the playoffs from this point. All right. Now let's talk about the Rockets and Thunder series, right? So I initially predicted that the Thunder were going to win this series and Chris Paul was going to get some crazy revenge on the Rockets for trading him for Russell Westbrook. And at first, it looked real, real, real scary that my prediction was going to be completely off and the Thunder were in, in territory to get swept. Rockets won the first two games. But hey, the Thunder won the last two games. So here we are at a 2-2 series. Uh, there's probably going to be one more game, I think, before this episode drops. Or maybe it's the day of this episode dropping. But we'll see what happens with the Rockets and Thunder. I still got the Thunder pulling this series out in seven games. It's a fun series. And it, the storyline to follow with the whole Chris Paul versus the Rockets thing, I'm heavily on Chris Paul's side, and it's very obvious. All right, let's go over to the Eastern Conference. Talk about the Bucks versus the Magic. This is another false panic alarm that everyone hurried up and pushed and pulled the alarm, and the sirens were going off. Giannis was freaking out, saying he's not happy about their play. And no worries. After taking game one, the Magic have now dropped three straight to the Bucks, the number one seed favorite to take the Easter Conference. The Greek Freak and the Bucks have taken full control of this series, and it looks like the Bucks will be heading on to the next round unless something crazy happens. As they're up 3-1 right now, it's hard to come back from. Raptors-Nets, clean sweep. A little bit surprising to me. Not that the Raptors won. I, of course, I thought the Raptors were going to win the series. A little bit surprising to me that the Nets got swept like that. And, and, you know, they gave 150 points in the final game of the series. The Nets were playing real good during the bubble games. It goes to show that once the playoffs come, there's another switch that you can hit. But I, I'm excited for the Nets' future with KD and Kyrie coming back next year, seeing what they had on the team. Basically half the team out here, out there in Orlando this year. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with the Nets going forward and, and in the future seasons. But this year, the Raptors are moving on to the next round, and they're definitely legitimate contenders to win the Eastern Conference Championship. Celtics accomplished the same thing as the Raptors against the 76ers. A clean sweep of the 76ers. Again, didn't think that was going to happen. That was going to be a six or seven game series. The process takes another hit. Um, and, and they were missing Ben Simmons, obviously, for the season. They missed him a lot throughout this series. Uh, we'll see if this is the end of the 76ers. As we know it, they already fired their coach. So we'll see if they split the whole team up or if they're going to stay together and try and run it back with a new coach. I know there's going to be some good coaching free agents out there this coming offseason. As for the Celtics, they established and legitimized uh, the contention for the Eastern Conference Championship. These guys are good. These guys are, are sneakily good, and I think they're going to make a good run. We'll see at the next series. They're on a crash course uh, to face either Toronto or the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, so we'll see what happens there. The Pacers have just suffered way too many injuries heading into the season. It's just too much to overcome, and the Heat took advantage of it. Jimmy Buckets is... One of the most tenacious basketball players in the league, in my opinion. And he has led his squad and into maybe sweeping the Heat. They're playing as we speak right now. So I don't know what the score is. Let me check the score real quick. Check the live check of the score. Like I said, this is an untraditional episode because of all that's going on. The Heat are up by 8 right now, 46-38, about to be halftime. But anyways, if the Heat win this game, they're going to sweep. If they don't win this game, they're going to win the next game. So the Heat are going to be moving on to the next round probably to face the Bucks, I believe. So we're going to see Toronto versus 
Boston. It's going to be a fun second round for the Eastern Conference. The first round was a little bit more uh, top-heavy, if you will. It just goes to show the very large margin between the top ten, the top teams in the East and the lower teams in the East. Almost all sweeps. The, the, the Heat are probably going to sweep the Pacers. The Celtics swept the Sixers. And the Raptors swept the Nets. And the, and the Bucks are potentially going to win the series 4-1 over the Magic. So, quick series in Eastern Conference. That's basically it for all the all the series so far and kind of my thoughts on each series and the storylines going into each series. Let me know what you think on the Instagram page. Here comes the cheap plug for the episode. The Instagram page is at Mike on the Mike Pod. Go check it out and let me know if you're gonna think that I'm completely off base. I'm not the the biggest basketball expert, but I watch most of the games and I've been watching the games for a long time. So that's my opinion on it. What is your opinion? Let me know on the Instagram page. At Mike on the Mike Pod. On to the next topic. With the second pick in the third round, will Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast select running back Chris Carson? That's the question of the day today. We have a full fantasy breakdown of Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson. Full fantasy breakdowns we do every single week it is a full breakdown of the fantasy player of your choice voted on the poll on the instagram page at mike on the mic pod once a week every week i usually put out the day that the episodes come out so that way i can give uh my partner that helps me out with this full fantasy breakdown at fantasy docs on instagram as well give fantasy docs a fair warning to go ahead and give us his breakdown of Chris Carson and his injury concern, which has been a concern of recent. But let's get straight into it. Chris Carson, full fantasy breakdown, the fourth one ever. Here we go. Anyways, looking at 2019 stats, he played 15 games. He had 1,230 yards, seven touchdowns. And receiving, he had 37 receptions, 266 yards, and two touchdowns. Those are RB1 numbers right there. Very, very good numbers for Chris Carson last year. And I got to say, that he dominated on the ground despite having a little bit of a shaky O-line. So that's good news. That's a good, good start for this breakdown. His ADP is round three, uh, pick four right now, and he's the running back 15. So he's, he's basically he's going as, as one of the higher end running back twos, and I think he has potential to put up running back one numbers. So I'll take him in the third round as my RB2. Um, if you do three straight running backs, you could have a real stacked RB core with Chris Carson playing out the flex possibly if you can get him in round three. Look at the additions to the offense and the departures to the offense that could affect Chris Carson's fantasy value. Looking at additions, we have Philip Dorsett coming to the Seattle Seahawks offense. I'm pretty sure he opted out, not 100% sure. Anyways, uh, not going to affect him too much. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are definitely the receivers there, and they were the receivers last year. So don't expect the signing of Philip Dorsett to really hurt or help Chris Carson's fantasy value going into next season. Tight end Jacob Hollister. They just add another tight end to this already loaded tight end room. They have great tight ends there in Seattle. That does help Chris Carson to have an extra tight end out there that's fresh and ready to block whenever they're on run plays. Carlos Hyde. See, this is this is the interesting signing here that may hurt Chris Carson's value this year with, with Carlos Hyde joining the Seattle Seahawks. A lot of people think the Carlos Hyde signing may affect uh, Chris Carson's fantasy value the same kind of way that Kareem Hunt affects Nick Chubb's fantasy value going into 2020 season. I don't see Carlos Hyde taking that much away from Chris Carson. But Carlos Hyde is definitely going to be a solid number two back behind Carson. And, you know, of course, they still have Rashad Penny there as well. All right, and then here's the good stuff. Here's, here's the good news. 
They added a guard, Mikey Potty, who's been a good guard basically his whole career. Um, they added Cedric Egobi. I don't know how to say his name, guys. He's a tackle. He's a decent tackle. He may be a starter right away. We'll see how that goes in camp. And they added some depth with BJ Feeney. So, you know, they lost some linemen, but they replaced those linemen with maybe possibly some better linemen. Maybe the Seahawks O-line could start going a different direction. It's always been a, a terrible situation there with the Seahawks O-line there in Seattle. So I will say that the, the signings and the additions kind of overall, I think it helps. I think Chris Carson's value goes up based off the additions that they had to this offense. Let's talk about departures. Lost two running backs in the offseason, but both running backs weren't really even on the team. They lost C.J. Prosis, who's finally, after just up and down career, he's finally cut from the Seattle Seahawks roster. And they lost running back Marshawn Lynch, who I think is just going right back into retirement. That is, neither one of those will affect Chris Carson. Chris Carson will still be the clear-cut starter for the Seattle Seahawks in 2020. Um, they lost wide receiver Jaron Brown. Not really going to affect Chris Carson. Again, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were the receivers last year. They're going to be receivers this year. So it's going to be a similar story as far as the receiving game goes. Lost wide receiver Josh Gordon because he can't stay off the weed. It's a dumb rule anyways. Weed should be allowed in the NFL. I think in the new, uh, the new Players Association deal, they actually are allowed to smoke weed now. So congrats to them for that one. Congrats to Josh Gordon. Maybe he can get back in the league. As of right now, he's, he's not in the league. They lost tight end Ed Dickinson, another guy that's just a depth tight end. He kind of got replaced by Jacob Hollister, and it's not really going to hurt Chris Carson's value too much. And they lost three offensive linemen, but all three are kind of depth guys. George Fant, Justin Britt, and Jermaine Ifedi. I never even heard of him before, to be honest. So the Seahawks line has been struggling. That's been the story, and hopefully this offseason with the signings, especially with the potty signing, that's a really good pickup for them. Uh, he's a really solid guard. Helps fix the lineup just a little bit for Chris Carson. And, of course, for Russell Wilson as well, so they can run the offense smoothly. So I like what I'm seeing so far. I like what I'm seeing. I like the additions that Seattle made. I like just seeing Seattle develop, right? DK Metcalf developing. Tyler Lockett's becoming a true number one receiver. The overall offense is going to be popping off next year, and Chris Carson's going to be a big part of it if he can stay healthy. So let's find out if he is going to be able to stay healthy. Before I make a final draft or pass analysis, let's go over to the fantasy doctor, with at Fantasy Docs to give us an injury report on Chris Carson. Injury check with the Fantasy Doctor. Hey, Mike on the Mike Podcast. This is Dr. Nathan Natwa here with your injury breakdown on Chris Carson. A lot of people seem high on Carson this season. It makes sense. You know, he had a stellar last two seasons, including season-high carries and uh, close to season-high yards as well last season. But he also fractured his hip in Week 16. That's a major concern for me because it didn't require surgery, but hip fractures do require eight to 12 weeks of non-weight bearing minimum, meaning they can't be walking on that leg. And that leads to a lot of muscle atrophy or weakening in the quadriceps, the hamstrings, the glutes. And that requires a lot of rehab to get him back to a pre-injury level. Now, for me, there's no concern that the bone healed fine, but he's at a significantly increased risk of soft tissue injuries throughout that first half of the season. I will put the caveat in that if he doesn't have any soft tissue injuries in that first half of the season, you can be confident to ride him throughout the rest of the season. But right now, I'm targeting him around the fifth round, which I know is pretty late and he probably won't be there. But just the, the increased risk of those soft tissue injuries from this weird offseason where he probably didn't get a great interaction with team activities, kind of with COVID and all of that, along with how late that hip fracture was in the season, the last uh, week 16, 
I mean, it's just not someone who I'm targeting very highly. ESPN Live draft trends show him going at pick 32 overall, and that's higher than Fournette, Bell. Uh, at one point, it was higher than CEH, although now CEH has exploded up the depth charts. And I would take all these players over Carson. You know, there's a crowded backfield we have to worry about as well, too. They signed Hyde. Penny will come off the pup at some point in time. So if Carson goes down even for a little bit, there's going to be someone jumping and take his place. That's all I have for you guys this week. Hope you guys enjoy this. I'm happy that you guys are following Mike on the Mike podcast. And give me a follow-up Fantasy Docs if you aren't already. Take care. Well, well, well. For the first time ever, I think me and Fantasy Docs are going to have to disagree on this one. I don't disagree that he's injured. I see that he's injured, and I see the injury risk. Fantasy Docs laid it out very well. Go follow him on Instagram, at Fantasy Docs. He is saying that Chris Carson is an injury risk, and with the guys behind him, they could take his spot in an instant. I am okay seeing what he did last year with other running backs in the room. Um, he stayed healthy for most of the season. He, he got injured in Week 15, which would suck because that's your playoffs, but let's hope this year that doesn't happen. I'm comfortable with saying I'm going to say – draft Chris Carson in round three or round four with caution. That means if, you, if you're planning on drafting Chris Carson in those rounds, ready to take the risk on him, you better make sure you get a solid RB1 just in case it backfires on you come uh, the regular season. So, yep, that's the full fantasy breakdown of Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson. Final draft analysis is draft with caution. I'm going to put that in parentheses, with caution. <laughs> Anyways, Thanks again to Fantasy Docs. Thank you for listening. Let's move on to the final topic. Talk about Earl Thomas a little bit. The Ravens have released All-Pro Safety Earl Thomas after he punched a teammate during an on-field altercation. According to reports, the Cowboys are now the favorites to sign Thomas. Safety hasn't been shy about wanting to play for the Cowboys. Remember in 2017, he approached then-Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett and told him to, quote, come get me when he still had another season on his contract. I remember... Well, Earl Thomas is a genius. I'm just kidding. I don't know what Earl Thomas is thinking. Maybe he has anger issues. Maybe he needs to go talk to someone. But Earl Thomas uh, popped off and punched one of his teammates in the face at practice, and the Baltimore Ravens are not playing games. They're cutting him. One of the best safeties in the league. They're playing just cutting him for uh, bad conduct at practice. Crazy turn of events. For Earl Thomas, crazy turn of events for the Baltimore Ravens. It's a big part of their defense. Uh, well, let's just say the Baltimore the Baltimore Ravens made that move that surprised everyone. Releasing Earl Thomas for bad conduct at practice. Apparently, E.T. punched one of his teammates. Now, the rest of his teammates wanted him out, and the Ravens, without hesitation, listened to their players. It's a super ballsy move, but the right move for Baltimore, in my opinion, it showed that the entire organization is dedicated to the guys in the field, and no one player is bigger than the team. That's such an awesome thing to do. Bravo to the Baltimore Ravens. Not that I'm not celebrating or being happy at another man's downfall, but to say, yep, you're not going to be a part of this environment, you're not going to buy into the team, see ya, get out. It don't matter how good you are. You need to buy into this team. You're not bigger than this team. And the Baltimore Ravens made a statement there. They made a statement to any other players on the roster. They made a statement to anybody outside the Ravens organization that may be coming into the Ravens organization. And we'll see what happens in in the situation as far as their safety goes. I mean, obviously, it's concerning to drop a safety of the caliber of Earl Thomas just right before the season's about to start like this. But 
it's the Baltimore Ravens. I think they'll be fine. It's it's gonna hurt Earl Thomas more than it's gonna hurt the Ravens, in in my opinion. So, what's next for ET? What's next for Earl Thomas now? What are some possible landing spots? Well, first of all, obvious one is the Dallas Cowboys. Every time there's a free agent that hits the market, them boys are linked to them, and every time it seems like they don't end up getting them. But Earl Thomas is from Texas. A lot of rumors were swirling about Thomas heading to Dallas when he was getting out of Seattle. It would make sense to add some talent to that secondary after losing Byron Jones. Uh, the Cowboys took a big hit there. He's one of the better corners in the NFL. We'll see how he does in Miami. But we'll see if they can get their hands on Earl Thomas. It just all makes sense. It all makes sense. Every arrow is pointing that the Cowboys are going to end up with Earl Thomas in their secondary, which will be a big, big addition. And, you know, that, that might do it for me as far as putting the Cowboys as the possible NFC least champs at the end of the season but I don't know for sure I would, I would have to I would definitely look at the schedule and see how they do I haven't done the Cowboys yet I put the Cowboys on the poll like three times and y'all do not want to see me predict the Cowboys schedule I guess no one ever votes for them so their rivals the team I have winning the NFC least as of right now the Philadelphia Eagles after losing Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints they definitely lack uh, an elite safety in their secondary well but luck may be on their side because there's an elite safety ready to fill that role now that's a free agent the Eagles won a Super Bowl on the back of the underdog defense. Time to build another great defense with Earl Thomas in the secondary. We'll see. I could see the Eagles pulling this off right from under the Dallas Cowboys' nose, and that would be a nightmare for the Cowboys. Already dealing with problems with the new head coach, no training camp, having to play the Eagles who just added Earl Thomas to their secondary. They're already very good defense. The Atlanta Falcons are linked heavily to Earl Thomas. I mean, it would make sense uh, for a team that's going to see Tom Brady and Drew Brees twice a year to want a safety at the caliber of Earl Thomas. I definitely thought that the Falcons were going to be targeting Jamal Adams when he was going out and, and demanding a trade and everything. With a high-flying offense like theirs, they just got to get that defense going, man. They can compete with these with these top teams in the NFC. That division is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and the Falcons could definitely get in the fray if they can add a safety at the caliber uh, elite level that Earl Thomas is at. Another possible landing spot is the San Francisco 49ers. That's the team I had pegged to land Jamal Adams. Instead, he ended up at their rivals, the Seattle Seahawks. What a way to counter the Seahawks uh, pickup of getting Jamal Adams if you just add a veteran safety of your own in Earl Thomas. Two of the best safeties in the league right there will be playing in the same division. Adams to this young, uber-talented defense, and maybe you can get him for a discount also, and you could make your defense go from a very good defense to the one of the best defenses maybe ever but definitely one of the best defenses in the league in the upcoming season another team i've been looking at maybe possibly getting jamal adams a team that lost their safety a couple years ago the houston texans texas have been searching for the new honey badger replacement since he left a few years back this is their chance to go get an elite safety earl thomas could replace that hole left by tyron matthew in the texan secondary and did i mention that earl thomas is from texas i think i did with the whole dallas cowboys thing he could go to the Texans just as much as he could go to the Cowboys and still feel like he is right at home. And there's one more team I want to bring up. It's a kind of an off chance, a team that might not be able to do it just because they weren't going to sign Jamal Adams. But the New York Jets just lost Jamal Adams. They did uh, get a safety in the trade. But Earl Thomas could just come in and fill that hole and help this Jets defense. The AFC East is wide open this year, in my opinion. So if the Jets want to try and make a run at it, adding someone like Earl Thomas wouldn't be a bad move, and you wouldn't lose too much production from losing Jamal Adams like we originally thought they would. So yeah, definitely let me know what you think 
and where you think Earl Thomas is going to land in the 2020 season. This is the final topic to close the show out. Thanks for listening. I'm going to get out of here. I'm just going to keep it nice, short, and sweet. Go follow us on all the social medias. Mike on the Mike Pod. Across the board. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Everything is there for your enjoyment. Thanks for listening. I love all of you, as always, for listening and supporting the show. I forgot to do it last week, but I'm going to close the show out as I'm going to do every single week with the quote of the week. The most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can get great in whatever they want to do. And Kobe, you have inspired me and millions of others. Thank you. Happy birthday. Love you all. Have a great week. Thank <laughs> you.